My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shack House is brought to you by Callaway Golf, makers of the Chrome Soft Golf Ball, the ball that changed the ball. How did it change the ball? Chrome Soft brings fast ball speed and incredibly soft feel, two characteristics that did not go hand-in-hand hand until Callaway developed the Chrome Soft's new dual-core technology. Test a Callaway Chrome Soft golf ball today. They are also the best value in golf. Shack House is also brought to you by SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those old ticket sites want to change that, but SeatGeek is different, and I can attest I'm a SeatGeek addict now. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. And great news, and I may cash in on this one myself, SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter the promo code SHACK today. That's promo code SHACK and download that app. SeatGeek is awesome. Let's go to the Shack House. House, how you doing? What a weekend in golf, huh? What a weekend in golf. What a weekend in sports. I am still recovering from 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 many things i got a, a three-day member guest here in the dmv that's dc maryland virginia some people ask what's dmv that's what that's what dmv is three-day member guest father's day weekend beautiful sunny weekend here in washington dc a wonderful u.s open game seven Cavs and warriors last night i don't know when i'm gonna sleep i'm hoping tonight the next night i don't know when but it's just been um, sensational overload of, uh, you know, what, 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 it's a great time to be alive and to be an American, Jeff Shackelford. <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, it's almost too much. We were really bummed in the press center last night. Uh, game 7 was going on, and, you know, we're all trying to uh, take in something that nobody in the golf press could have ever imagined has or has seen anything like uh, before at the U.S. Open. And we've seen some weird stuff happen at the U.S. Open. And we're watching the game on one screen. we got an unbelievable saga going on on the course and then the post game, and then and then the uh, the Golf Channel live from shows getting tense with Brandel and Frank and you're trying to listen to all of it. It was It was insane. And we'll try to kind of get into the controversy part uh, in a bit. But I think that everybody kind of owes it to Dustin Johnson House to admire this win. It was uh, a long time coming, and gosh, it was <laughs> in unbelievable circumstances, and he had to go through this crazy stuff. And it's kind of already, I already get this bad feeling that it's not going to be appreciated for what it was considering what he went through last year, three-putting the last hole, and then you know coming into this with everybody wondering about him, totally different golf course, and he goes out and just kind of overpowers it and hits a lot of clutch shots and wins the U.S. Open. Yeah, it can't possibly be 
overshadowed by the rules nonsense. The, the, the performance by DJ was an all-time, one-for-the-ages, unflappable, uh, you know, stoic. Every single word you come up with, testicular fortitude, every which way you want to describe <laughs> that performance, my man could not be shaken. I mean, they, they threw everything at him uh, in terms of... of um, ways for him to lose his confidence or to um, get off his game, and he was up to the challenge each and every time. I um, expressed by way of the Twitter that I was going to be rooting for him uh, last week. I said that he's the guy I want to root for this weekend, and so I was thrilled that he was right there. Uh, you know, broadcast came on early morning, but, you know, when, when the 3.20, 3.30 tee times popped up it's him in the last uh second to last group and um i uh thought that throughout the the first handful of holes uh watching him and lowry um i had some uh some guys texting and doing some emailing with buddies and somebody said hey you you didn't mention lowry right trying to give me the gig a little bit give me the the you know a little bit of a a nudge and i said that's right i didn't mention lowry um, in any of my um, wager speculation, because he's not going to win. The guy I like, and I um, I reference DJ in a way that, that I probably shouldn't mention on this podcast, but I reference DJ to make it clear that that's who I thought, just because through the first like seven or eight holes, Lowry was getting a lot of saves, and DJ was playing so solid. He was tee to green solid, and his his putting was was notwithstanding what happened on five. His putting was yeah, the well. thing that that uh, so impressed me um, in in the early round. So I thought, hey, this is DJ's really got a chance here. Come back nine uh, Sunday U.S. Open. Well, and he just uh, overpowered the place. He uh, laughably the average driving distance the USGA posts online is three hundred one. Point three eight. I don't know what what they were looking at. I mean, he carried the drive on number twelve yesterday. Three twenty eight. Fox had that amazing uh, stat that goes with the ball, the TrackMan data, and you're watching it carry. And we're all sitting there going, "Oh no, 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 no! It keeps going, it keeps going." And it's three twenty eight. Anyway, they had him at three hundred one for the week. The field average two eighty six. Again, I have no idea where they're getting those numbers. So what? They must be using the uphill holes. I, I didn't even find out the measuring holes. I, I, I just give yeah, up. Yeah, they just take point. the numbers but, and, and subtract. Subtracted 40 yards, that's oh, all. That's how you get gosh. to those numbers. Take the real numbers oh, yeah, and yeah, subtract yeah. 40. But uh, he putted beautifully. He had 50 of 72 greens, uh, 31 of 56 fairways, which isn't uh, stellar in a U.S. Open, and that'll that'll open some eyes there in Far Hills land that that uh, it was sort of a bomb and gouge thing. But I believe we felt pretty strongly on last week's show that if the rain came, that the golf course would require a shift in uh, mentality. And it was really interesting. Claude Harmon, uh, the third, his, his instructor was on Morning Drive today discussing that, that they had looked at how Angel Cabrera played the golf course. And that just gave, that was just one more little boost in confidence for them as a, as a group, kind of encouraging Dustin to attack the golf course the way he did and to say, hey, look, it's soft. Use your power. You're driving the ball as well as you've ever driven it. And um, and it just was really cool to hear that there was – yeah, it may not be the strategy some people like. Some people are repulsed sometimes by when a player – kind of overpowers a course and doesn't plot along and 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 um obey the setup and and kind of protect par and all that nonsense that 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 people seem to think is real golf i love when i see somebody who has talent uses that detects a, a weakness in the in the death star and 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 attacks it the way he did and we we felt, I believe, pretty strongly last week that that was a possibility if it got soft, and it, it was interesting that it happened. And, and it was interesting that Rory McIlroy went into the week deciding not to do that, uh, and it took him out of his game, I feel. I, I really think he's somebody who thrives when, when he's hitting the driver and overpowering a course kind of in the same way that Dustin does. And Jason Day, I, I'm not so much, but I feel like there are certain players who do that. And so more power to him for for taking that game plan and and just writing it and like you said everything in the world thrown at him yeah well let's let's give credit where credit's due you were the one who who made that great observation about you know the possibility of a bomb and gouge guy having some success 
um, with the rain in the forecast. I, I, I went along with it, but, you know, I'm also the dummy that bet the over on 282 and a half. For <laughs> I the, tried. For the, uh, I tried for the winner on Twitter. It's on the record. You made a great uh, observation on the, on the Twitter, you know, under is the number with this rain, and I had to go over. But um, t- the one thing I will say, par was protected, right? I mean, it was only one guy who got to, um, let's just give him five under. I don't understand what the point is. The record books will show four yes, under. Yes, he was five it's under. So dumb. Yes, he was five uh, under. But, you yeah. know, um, everybody else, there was, what, three other guys, four other, other guys at, at um, one under, and then that was one under, par, yeah. par was otherwise protected. And, uh, you know, yes. one of those guys at one under was Jim Furyk, who doesn't have a reputation of being a uh, bomb and gouger. And another one, right. uh, 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 Lowry didn't exactly, you know, blast his way all over the golf course. I mean, I thought the golf course, uh, especially on Sunday, showed the defenses that everybody imagined it would, um, uh, you know, pose to the players. Um, and you know it, it it acquitted itself perfectly fine. Oh, it did, it did. It's just that you know how it is. The, the members at Oakmont are kind of legendary for wanting to see the bloodbath and and no red numbers on the board. And there's you know the, it's it's amazing what weird stuff it comes down to in golf. People see uh, red, and, and it's the only sport in the world where where when somebody's accomplishing something and doing something well that there uh, is a segment of the population that is is almost annoyed by success and it's it's because it's the one sport so many people play and then also watch and it's such a frustrating hard game that there's that mentality of wanting to see the people struggle and most people who love sports want to see a player do what Dustin Johnson did overcome obstacles overcome all the 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 dreaded mental scar tissue and things that he was dealing with and how many times he's contended in a major and how much talent he has and to finally put it all together and and thank god to do it in a way that there's no question there are no doubts he won the united states open at one of the greatest tests and course on the planet and they'll never be able to take that away from him and uh uh, I don't. And, and th- I didn't. I didn't feel like it had sunk in yet on him yesterday, but I. I, I know it will. Yeah, sure. And and it, with an iconic shot, that shot into the yeah, green on eighteen yeah. will be a great you know, point. One yeah. for the ages, the annals of the U.S. Open, right? And he uh, backed yeah. off. Do you know? Was, was that uh, the um, the the, yeah. the, uh, the pro tracer? Do you know? I'm, I'm working. I'm working on that. I do. I do believe it was a Fox camera with a pro tracer uh, a sound of some kind. Something went off. And... He, he looked right at the camera. I mean, it oh, like yeah. that's where the sound came from. He backed off, and and then and then and then he know, sticks it. Yeah. Hit, you know, it was a uh, uh, you know like like the I can't remember the one and done guy who won the PGA. Sean McKeel. It was a Sean McKeel yeah. kind of shot. Right, yeah. all the pressure in the world, and he hits it to to five feet. Uh, maybe even less, but and by the way, that putt was was wickedly difficult. I saw uh, our guy Furick, uh, our guest from last week, hit almost. A, a, uh, he was a slightly different line, but but same thing above the hole. And you're absolutely right. Not only do did yesterday's controversy, which we're just about to get to and talk to, but did it not only over uh, a shadow a little bit his win, but you're absolutely right. It overshadowed. Uh, one of the one of the great closing shots that we've seen in modern times in a in a major championship. I, I think you're right. Maybe it might even be the best since Sean McKeel from a in terms of an iron shot on the last hole and kind of sealing the whole thing. And and then you <laughs> you throw in that he had to back off. It's just so cool that he did that. And it was really neat in the press center. We were on a little bit of the delay. I had kind of come back in and we heard the roar before we saw the shot on the on the screen and it was uh it was really there was even a little bit of a roar in the in the 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 press center because really the the USGA had kind of turned everybody on them and had everybody rooting for Dustin it that it was amazing to usually that group doesn't get too um, much into rooting for anybody uh, they just want to finish on Sunday <laughs> and uh they were it, it was pretty neat to hear an ovation yeah, I loved um, as he walked off the green on 17, uh, even as he approached uh, 17, you know, he hit driver and ended up right side bunker. But all the, you know, the DJ, DJ, DJ chants as he approached on 17, he walked up the tee box on 18, DJ, DJ, DJ bombs one right down the middle. And then, you know, he he, uh, he finished it off with the, the, the perfect capper, that 
beautiful. Was it a seven iron that he hit there? You know, I don't even know. I was. Uh, I, I will seven, look up. Hundred ninety uh, yards. You know that he hit <laughs> that he hit the four feet. Let's say, and that enormous um, uh, gallery there. DJ, DJ. Yeah. I, I I tweeted. I had the chills. It gave me the chills. I loved the moment. Yeah. Yeah, the late light, the whole thing. It was in that that last hole is such an incredible scene with the clubhouse and the trees in the background and they the manual scoreboard and people just kind of looking through the fences and it's just uh, uh, an, an amazing moment. So, all right, so we've said all that, but we do have to get to kind of the uh, the controversy that enveloped the the final day. But first, uh, just a, a word from our friends at Harry's, who you've heard from uh, and heard about before on Shack House. Uh, please stop compromising on your shave. And get started with Harry's. They're just the best. Uh, I, I'm a longtime Harry's uh, fan from podcasts, uh, hearing about them through podcasts. And for far too long, you've either paid too much for a comfortable shave or you settled for a low price, low quality razor. Harry's offers something you've never had before a great shave at a fair price. They make a high quality razor, they cut out the middleman, they ship them directly to you for half the price of the leading brand. Uh, it's, it's those German engineered blades, the incredible price, and not having to go to the store and ask them to unlock that thing and that horrible buzzer goes off. And it's just the whole package. The packaging is amazing, the website is clean. Um, so, Harry's offers factory direct prices, cuts out the middleman, no upcharges, half the price of the leading brand. And, again, you don't have to go ask the store clerk for that embarrassing unlock. Harry's starter set called the Truman. Great gift. Great option for uh, new customers. Uh, it's an amazing deal. 15 bucks. You get a razor handle. They're really nicely made. Uh, moisturizing shave cream. Three of Harry's five-blade razors, which last a long time. Plus, there's a, a special offer for fans of Shack House. They'll give you $5 off your first purchase with promo code HOUSE. So go to harrys.com right now. Look for the Truman set. That's harrys.com. Enter the code HOUSE at checkout. Get that $5 off and support the show. Thanks to Harry's. All right, House. You were at a member guest. I'm kind of curious. I, I don't think we want to relive the whole rules fiasco detail by detail because um, there are a lot of places you can read about it and a lot of people listening to the show probably watched. I'd kind of like to get into some of the big picture stuff, but I'm just kind of curious. You were uh, uh, you, you were at a golf tournament all week, so you kind of uh, got a buzz of what people talk about, but then you were watching it. Uh, I'm just kind of curious what your big picture take is in, in watching that whole uh, fiasco starting at the fifth hole, followed by Dustin Johnson later being informed that they would be reviewing his putt after the round. How, how you felt like the whole thing kind of went down? Yeah, so I, I, I was not um, – the member guest was over Saturday night, so I wasn't sitting, sitting around with a big um, crowd of people. I was uh, right. blessedly home on my couch watching uh, the final round. But um, the thing that – there are many, many, many things about that, the way it went down, that, you know, the whole um, golf world commentariat uh, uh, and Twitterati will, will cover. The thing that jumps out at me that struck me is um, in – with, a, with an organization whose motto right now is hashtag grow the game, who do they think they are serving by interjecting this into their premier event, to, to their high watermark event, the one time a year when all eyes are on them? Who do they think they're serving by interjecting all of this craziness into the, 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 the program, into the, the entertainment, which is really, at the end of the day, what this is about. They have a TV deal with Fox. Fox is paying them money, lots and lots and lots of money, for the entertainment value. I'm a dude sitting on my couch Sunday, like a lot of dudes and, and wives, sitting on the couch Sunday, and we can't make any sense out of what they're doing. We don't really understand the rule, and nobody can really articulate it that well, that well. We don't really understand the application of the rule. We certainly don't understand the enforcement of the rule. And nobody gets the idea of how you have a referee there in the moment, and they make a judgment, and then you walk away, and then somebody yeah. else can come back later, much later, an hour and a half later, seven holes later, and say, hey, we think whatever ruling was um, uh, adjudged and assessed back then, an hour and a half ago, we're going to um, you know, have to take another look at that. 
it doesn't make any sense to to a sports viewing public to to um, people at large, the the American public writ large that would be sitting on their couch Sunday like I was doing, consuming the broadcast. So that's kind of you know one one okay. of the million that's, takes yeah. out there. But let me hear a little bit about what was going on in your world while you watched. It. Well, let me to respond to that first uh, defend. Or, or at least give you the devil's advocate point of view from the the USGA, um, and and that's n- certainly something I don't normally like to do because I have some big questions about what they are thinking a lot of the time. But ultimately, there's a big problem with this organization in that they this is their one week a year they're in the spotlight, and their old executive director Frank Hannigan always warned that they had a need to be loved, and any time they wanted to be loved, that was going to get them in trouble. And so they've gotten down a bit of a rat hole in a lot of number a number of ways. One of them is this grow the game idea that they really have become a grow the game organization, and that can lead you into trouble when you get in a situation like this because they are sticklers for the rules. They have these unbelievably absurd rules of golf. The decisions are unbelievable. They and they're they're so snooty about people who don't know the rules and they they put down players when when they don't know the rules. It's your job as a player to know the rules. Well, the decisions book is two and a half, three inches thick. I mean, are you kidding me? Um, these are lawyers who write these rules. Even a, a, a lawyer who's argued before the Supreme Court came to the organization and became the president and said, you've got to uh, simplify these things. These are ridiculous. And this guy's, you know, like a legal genius. And, and, and he's looking at this like, you've got to be kidding me. And then he, they kind of ran him off because he, he made a few mistakes. But it, it, so they have this one week a year where they get to be in charge and they inevitably do something to screw it up. And this was the, I believe, it goes neck and neck with their, their course setup boondoggle at Shinnecock. And I'm, since I've, went to bed i'm now kind of that was in 2004 i'm now feeling like those this yesterday and 2004 at shinnecock where they lost control of the course and it impacted the outcome of the tournament i feel like these are coming down the stretch and the the jockeys are hitting the whips and it's going to be a photo finish now yesterday i thought it was shinnecock all-time worst but when you start to think about everything that went on that that you're you're trying to send a message right now for the good of the game and had this impacted Dustin in any way golf was done I mean literally the black eye on golf for the next 10 years would have been insurmountable had he lost his tournament because of this so he he saved their rear end but the idea that that they informed other players of this that they informed him that they they impacted their thinking Um, video reviews are not unusual but they then took it a, a step further and then they did it on something that Nobody, nobody, even after you read the definition they, they wheeled out, which they, they definitely stuck to the letter of the law of their, their writings, and I get that part, but nobody, any common sense person will, will look at that and say, no, there was no intent there. And they have this problem house where they don't want intent to ever be part of these rules discussions, and it has to be sometimes. And so they have a referee on site. He saw it. He was good with it. The rules say that's the final word, and they chose to overrule part of his decision. So it just it, it's mind-boggling to me that they uh, wheeled this whole thing out. They did it on television. They didn't do it well. I, I, I and they were I think they're tone deaf generally on most things, and I don't think they have any idea what people were saying out there and thinking of them. And and maybe it'll hit them. But I'm not sure, and um, so it, it, it was. Well, it was in the press center. It was stunning what people were saying because I've been out on the course and came in right as this started, and I mean people were getting mad. Writers were getting mad, and it had nothing to do with their travel schedule. They just they just couldn't believe that that they would interject themselves in the tournament this way. Well, that's precisely the point. We we as um, sports fans, sports consumers, loathe it. We we. We, we loathe isn't even strong enough when the referees interject themselves into outcomes and you know um, produce what what we the viewing public um, regard as as unjust results and this this particular 
um, you know, th- throwdown showdown dynamic uh, that happened on on the fifth green so emphasizes all of the wrong things that people think about golf. You know, all of that elitism, yep. all of that yep. absurd, uh, um, you, you, you know, uh, um, inscrutable application of, of rules that uh, people that play the game, uh, people like like me and, and um, you know, tens of thousands of folks like me, uh, who play the game and enjoy the game? These rules don't don't work for any of us. They don't make any sense to any of us. And to have the outcome of the national championship that Fox is paying lots and lots of money to put on and produce, um, you know, with, with with the the possibility of a, a suspended outcome, and that's the other part of it that is you know yeah. just incalculably stupid. How yeah. can in what other walk of life is the outcome in doubt because of a rules interpretation that happened an hour and a half ago? It yes. just can't make any sense. Where is the you know um, our our buddy, my boy uh, Bill Simmons has has long been um, you know pining for a sports star, somebody that could come in in any situation and apply a quick dose of common sense. Who who is who who can do that for the USGA? They need the a. a uh, a commissioner of common sense to join that outfit, um, just to help them sort of understand. You said you said well, it perfectly tone deaf to let them understand what they're walking themselves into with this whole mess. And that's why. So so Mike Davis is the executive director, and that's always been sort of their commissioner. And he now wears the title executive director and CEO. And and Mike rose to prominence, and I've written ad nauseum about what a refreshing. Uh, change he was for the organization when he essentially started taking over the setup of courses in 2007 and became the, or actually 2006, uh, and he became the executive director. And you saw yesterday he was nowhere to be seen. Now, last year he was on every day on Fox. In this whole fiasco, he we only saw him walking Dustin Johnson from the 18th green to the clubhouse so they could go review the video. Um Otherwise, Mike I, uh, was not on Golf Channel. He was not on Fox. He was not in the press center. I made a request to the USJ to have him come to the press center. He used to come every year after the round to just kind of kick around stuff with the writers and go through the setup, what worked, what didn't. And uh, he disappeared yesterday. And so here was somebody who really kind of brought a, a solid, in-touch perspective. Mike is a, you know, he's just not a... He wasn't a country club guy and, and a good player, but in touch and read, read a lot. And now you sense that he's kind of, um, I don't know, he disappeared. I feel like he's he was that, they hired him to be that kind of guiding force that was in touch. And, wow, um, he, he let other people, he kind of threw other people out there to deal with this yesterday. And I, I think that that's where they're, uh, he needs to, to do some serious <laughs> examining of where they are and who they think they are in the game and what their, their role is. And they are doing that, by the way, House. They're in the process of trying to simplify the rules of golf. And this may help oh, expedite congratulations. that. Yeah, it's a little late. but it, it, it um, And I have a post up on I mean, GolfDigest.com. If you just want to laugh, just read some of the stuff I took out of the decisions of golf, which, again, if you read it, they did follow their decisions somewhat accurately. Um, there are a couple things that are debatable, but um, but you read it and you just go, joke. holy mackerel. People <laughs> sat around and wrote this and thought this, and people are asked to memorize these things? It's, it's absurd. Each of the time, and, and God bless Jeff Hall, he went on both the Fox broadcasts and he went yeah, on Golf yeah. Channel with, a, with an impossible task, and they had this yep. guy Tom Pagel on also. Thomas, yep. I'm sorry, Thomas Pagel. Thomas, and Thomas, And they both did yes. their, their level best to, just, <laughs> to, to, to you know, take on the, the uh, appropriate um, skepticism and righteous indignation. But here's the thing. They kept say, coming back to this thing. Well, what caused the ball to move? And the answer is you caused the ball to move, yeah, USGA. Well, you did it. Yes. You set up this yeah. course. That's what the green. The greens are 14.5 because of you. So you want to know what yep. caused the ball to move? You did. That's it. Yep. End of story yep. as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah, and that's gonna that's that was brought up, and uh, that's a that's another subject altogether. Uh, House, we need to take a break and uh, thank our friends again at Callaway, uh, who now are offering a rewards program for the things we all already do, or most of us uh, attend some demo days, purchase uh, newer used clubs, trade in old clubs, and so on and so on. Kind of like you collect hotel points or airline miles, you can now stockpile those precious Callaway rewards points. Uh, once you've squirreled some away, you can redeem them at CallawayGolf.com for things like custom head covers, chrome softs, um, the, uh, even the bag stands, uh, stand bags, which are just so cool. Uh, unique collectible items that, uh, oh man, the Oakmont coin was so neat. The, uh, they do these great major Oh, I haven't seen it yet. How do I yeah, get it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll see if I can uh, get it out there on t- the Twitter for everybody to uh, look at. They make yeah, great yeah, ball markers. You know, they're, they're those ball markers that are kind of the uh, the manhole cover kind that make everybody ooh and on and annoy somebody that you're uh, playing a match against. Yeah, yeah. So uh, visit CallawayGolf.com slash rewards to sign up. Start collecting those points. It's free. It's totally free. And, uh, House, you have a word from our good friends at Athletes Collective whose stuff, man, it is so good and it's so inexpensive. I know, and I, I, I love to talk about our, our good buddies at Athletes Collective. Every, everybody uh, out there wishes you didn't have to wear a logo across your chest when you're out for a long run. And you also don't want to have to pay, you know, premium prices for that logo. So thankfully, the good dudes at Athletes Collective, dudes and gals, have great quality fitting, uh, great quality, great fitting um, running gear without the logos for 30 to 40% cheaper than the big brands. And all you got to do is go to athletescollective.com. I ran yesterday morning uh, trying to work out some of the the kinks after three days of, of member guests <laughs> in Athletes Collective um, long sleeve shirt. I like to run. It was warm here. It was beautiful yesterday morning, but I like to get a nice sweat going, especially when it's yeah, trying to sweat a few calories off. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to get a couple calories off. The beautiful thing about the Athletes Collective long sleeve shirt that I had on, I had it on underneath the half zip, and so I worked up a nice sweat quite quickly. That shirt absorbed everything that I needed um, that was coming out, and it was so quick drying, um, it made it perfect. I was out for about an hour. I wasn't running the whole time. Um, But the shirt, uh, at the end, I'd sweat all the way through it, but it was perfectly comfortable and dry until I got home to the shower. So, you know, I... I, uh, I, I can't say enough about the performance aspect of it. Um, folks, go to athletescollective.com, enter the promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E, and receive 15% off your first order. All orders include free shipping and returns to the U.S. or Canada, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. At the moment, Athletes Collective, I think, is only doing menswear, but uh, women, fear not, gals, Fans of Shack House, uh, from from our our fairer side, uh, Athletes Collective does have some women's wear on the way, I believe. Um, so keep an eye out for mm. that. Athletescollective.com, promo code HOUSE. And, uh, you know, House, there's a home burglary every 13 seconds. Have you got an answer for that problem? I <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> I do. Some new friends of the Shack House. Our pals at uh, at Ring, Ring Video Doorbell. Most of those burglaries, Jeff Shackelford, happen in broad daylight with a burglar ringing your doorbell to make sure you're away before they sneak around uh, to the side to try and pop in. Ring Video Doorbell has been proven to stop burglaries, be- burglaries before they happen by allowing you to see and speak to anyone approaching your door using your Ooh. smartphone. Yeah. So oh. Ring is using advanced motion detection technology to protect the entire property with the Ring of Security kit. The kit includes a Ring video doorbell for the front door, a Ring stick-up cam, the wireless weather weatherproof HD camera to keep an eye on other parts of the property, ring video doorbell and stick up cam both install in minutes and working together 
they provide 24-7 monitoring of your entire home, whether you're in the living room or thousands of miles away uh, at, at a wonderful member guest, perhaps, you know, somewhere outside mm. of your, 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 your locale. Um, this can help you, someone you love. You can put it in the hands of, of uh, anybody in your family to get them to be monitoring. If you happen to be busy for a handful of hours, maybe out on the golf course. For a limited time, our listeners get $50 off the Ring of Security kit. It's the lowest price anywhere. Go to ring.com backslash shack house now and join the hundreds of thousands who protect their home with Ring. Ring back, ring.com backslash shack house for $50 off. That's ring.com backslash shack house. Oh, house, I can't wait to get this. You know why? I got a FedEx uh, delivery guy who likes to uh, treat my packages like a football. I think the ring is going to scare him off. I think it's going to make him stop because, you know, I get I get a couple nice things. The other thing I like about that, Jeff, yeah. on, on that point with the UPS and the FedEx is, you know, uh, lot, lots of times I authorize, please leave it on the doorstep. Um, that happened yeah. with my delicious Apex iron, Apex Black Iron, oh. which showed up last week, by the way. Oh, um, but I like them to leave it on the doorstep. It's, it's very convenient. Uh, and so it's <laughs> nice having that added sort of uh, comfort of knowing that you can watch through the doorbell. Because the guys always ring the bell when they leave it. Um, you can, you can uh, get, get comfortable that your packages have been left there um, the way that, that UPS and FedEx says that they left it. Uh, did you? Yeah, nice. But did you put the blacks in? Are they still working with them before you? You know, I know a competition. It's a little hard to throw in the new irons. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 going to make their um, their debut this week. I'm going to take their virginity at the end of this week, and it's going to be Very nice. uh, wonderful for both of us. Can't wait to hear about it. All right, so let's get back to this fiasco at Oakmont and kind of again try to stick big picture. Um, you know. A lot of people watching the U.S. Open are watching one of four golf tournaments a year they watch. And so they came away kind of feeling like you felt and the way you expressed it earlier in the show that uh, it just sort of is a tainting element. And we've heard the same thing for years with the NBA. We heard it again recently. A lot of uh, more NBA's fixed conspiracy talk. And and, and in golf, I I even heard from some people who felt like, uh, this was almost a conspiracy by the USGA in the sense that, uh, back to the point I made about wanting to be loved, that they that they they like interjecting themselves into the proceedings. And I've I've always kind of felt like they do. It's it's a strange organization that they're very conservative, made up a lot of very conservative people who claim to not want to be in the spotlight. They like being in the background, doing the nuts and bolts stuff of the game, and they have some amazingly great people who do put in hard work, hard hours doing this, the dirty work for the game, you know, whether it's running something like the drive, chip, and putt or qualifiers, all this stuff. And they, they fit that that USGA uh, motto for the good of the game, and, and they're awesome people. But I, the organization's taken a turn where it's gone very corporate. They made this deal with Fox for the money and wanting to be having a partner who loved them. And and I, I think it's a fascinating thing that they that, that that there were people who are already saying, hey, they just want it. They just want attention. They want to interject themselves in the proceedings. I just can't fathom doing it in this way. Um, <laughs> I guess my question to you is, uh, as a sports fan in general, does this does this taint the sport, uh, or were not enough people seeing it, understanding it, for it to do damage? Well, I think in in a way it confirmed a bias that people come to golf with. You know, for for folks, for fans that only watch, you know, the four majors uh, every year, there is a, a, a sort of suspicion that the folks um, running the thing and the, and 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 the guys sort of playing it that the entire enterprise isn't really for the rest of us, and that's why most folks approach it as sort of casual observers with casual interest because. The um, the game is hard. It takes a lot of time. It's expensive to play, and you know the the rules um, seem to be inscrutable and and not anything that anybody can make out a sense with a sense of in a way that like you know you 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 watch an event and um, the guys sort of duke it out, and at the end there will be a winner, um, and you can understand generally generally sort of grasp how the rules are going to be applied and what yeah. the, the overall 
you know, sort of baseline framework is, it's funny that you um, sort of draw a parallel with the NBA, who has been fighting this, this, this fixing allegation. It's as much as anything just a fun conspiracy theory. It's been sure. around for, you know, it feels like 35, 40 years. The one thing about the NBA, and I think this is um, the, 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 the sort of similarity between the two, the NBA hasn't yet figured out how to solve for the difference Two, two, two important differences. One, the referees call regular season games differently from how they call playoff games. And, and then the second sort of problem that sort of compounds it is from crew to crew. So they change the crew each and every time um, teams play. From crew to crew, there are different interpretations of the rules, and different crew, crews will call, and different individual referees will call sure. fouls differently depending on their own sort of um, biases. So that, in, in that regard, this idea that the USGA interjecting itself and not being satisfied to let the players just play the course and, and everybody in the moment making the best call and using their best judgment to get the rules correctly. Now, we, you know, uh, DJ had another interesting moment there on 10 yeah. when he was well, uh, yeah. elected to take a drop, <laughs> right? Um, the rules of golf permit that. He consulted with the rules official. Some people watching, I think there's a golf oh, WRX yeah. thread um, that, that alleged you know, some, some, uh, some illicit behavior there. But all he did was um, play by the rules of the game. It was easily sort of explained in the moment why he got it. Now, it doesn't make sense for most of us. Uh, regular right. Sunday players because we don't have um, uh, TV towers in our line of no. sight. But, um, you know, e- each of those sort of moments uh, in, in, the, in terms of rules getting applied and enforced, you want that to be a nice streamlined process where, where a casual observer can watch it and consume it and understand it and then sort of move on. Okay, that seemed just enough. I, you know, I, I, I don't, maybe I don't agree. Maybe I don't like the way um, that, that um, Danny Crawford calls charges in, in a Game 7. Maybe I wish that, that uh, he wouldn't let the game be quite as physical in Game 7 between Golden State and Cleveland. Um, but at least you sort of, you know, you, you, you see it, you deal with it, you move on. Um, and and yeah. that's what golf has to has to get right as well. So that that's my, that's kind of my take on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that's and that'll be I think what we we'll see because there's so much to wrap your head around with this issue, and I think we'll watch this week. It'll be fun to um, once the players have calmed down, hear how they react if they continue to kind of keep coming at this and really hammering away or if it dies i don't feel like this is going to die down because there are so many layers to this and so many things that are confusing but to a sports fan they're they're very interesting and people who love the game they're interesting because we probably need to use this as an as a moment to continue the effort to think do things like simplify the rules um and try to shed some of this baggage and then obviously uh shed this uh, obsession with fast greens. I mean, that ultimately, I hope we can move past, because the rules of golf have been ridiculous for a while in terms of the, the language, but this green speed thing is is out of control, and uh, it has to be something that is the ultimate takeaway from this. And, and I, I every time I think we have an incident with like this, It'll happen, and but we've never had one where it, it was this stark. So, uh, House, it's uh, we we've got to touch on a few things from the U.S. Open besides this. Uh, it's so what a perfect opportunity to use the speed round presented by Callaway and the XR driver, where forgiveness meets fast. They are our great sponsor, and the XR was in the bag of uh, Brendan Grace, who played quite beautifully uh, as we predicted. And uh, he had the sub-zero driver, the 8.5 degree, and uh, uh, had a predictably great U.S. Open. But so did uh, Fox. I thought Fox had a – I'm not going to call it a great U.S. Open. I thought they had a huge rebound from year one and an excellent uh, week. I feel like they handled the controversy really well. They still had some big, big technical glitches and and different stuff. You – just saw Sunday, so you got to see how well they handled the controversy. Any other views on on Fox's performance and Joe Buck, who uh, yeah, we talked I, about last week with Brian Curtis? 
I'll start with, so Joe Buck I thought was excellent. I, I want to start with um, the criticisms to get them out of the way, because I'm, I'm about to um, give Fox a really glowing review. But there were, <laughs> they, they still have some stuff to, to work on. Uh, you mentioned Brandon Grace. Brandon Grace birdied 17 to get himself to one under <laughs> at a moment when DJ was still at four under with the possibility of moving down to three under because of the, the rules fiasco. And we watched Brandon Grace tee off. He he missed the he missed right, but it looked like it landed in a, in an area that was trampled down by the yeah. spectators. Uh, his swing on 18 in that tee box was the last time we saw Brandon Grace for the day, because you know the broadcast switched over to um, DJ and the rest. But you know that was a guy on the golf course still in the mix to produce uh, you know a a a, a really interesting finish possibly, and I would have liked to have seen his second shot from that trampled down lie into 18. I know that he bogeyed 18, and I understand why we didn't have to see him on the green uh, putting for bogey, because at that point in time, it was probably the case that he was out of the mix. But at least right. that second shot into 18, there was still some drama associated with that, so that's one criticism. Not enough yeah, and just, of the wait, guys kind of in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, and just so just so we're clear on that, what, that was a trend the whole week where you were when you were out playing your member guests, they uh, twice had guys going for the course record, the most famous course record in America, arguably because of Johnny Miller's sixty three and the circumstances, and both times because I guess they weren't famous enough, Fox just kind of stuck with what was their their mostly their interest in the stars, and mm-hmm. you know other networks I think would kind of lock in on somebody who has a chance at a course record or this amazing round on this difficult golf course. And they, they just didn't seem too interested in the lesser names. Uh, whereas, you know, Tommy Roy's philosophy when NBC did the U.S. Open, he wanted to try to show at least one shot of all 156 players. And then, of course, when somebody was doing something like those guys were doing, Andrew Landry um, was one of them, and, and, and they, like we were screaming in the press center, can we, can we you know, let's, let's dive deep into this guy who might uh, post the course record. And so that was just kind of a trend of theirs. I think it's more of a stylistic thing than it was a, an intentional uh, or a screw-up. I think they just were, they're more interested in stars than, than some of the, uh, than, than the previous years. Yeah, the other thing, Jeff, that I um, thought was curious was the cutting away from the open broadcast uh, Saturday evening so they could present the Saturday evening baseball broadcast oh. and moving the, the tournament over to FS1. That, that was a curious decision, I have to, I have to say. Yeah, that's uh, you know that that was just that was just bad. There's just no other way to put it. I mean, they, the point of the USGA going to Fox was they didn't feel they got the the love they deserved from uh, NBC, and here's Fox going to. And in New York, they went to the Mets and the Braves. Um, wow, just uh, oh. it was it was just deadly to to have, and it was good stuff right now at that point. The action was good, and that was a bummer. So, uh, I did a post Go on ahead. that and some of the social media media stuff. But let's get a couple positive things. Yeah, that's the criticism. It's out of the way. I thought that Fox. It felt like um, they went from you know. Uh, early season novices a year ago to to, to 20-year vets in just the course of of 12 short months, I found the broadcast on the whole to be very professional. I I really enjoyed listening to Zinger and uh, Brad Faxon. I thought Buck was excellent. He was understated. I found him to be um, a a, a good sort of manager, a good MC in terms of setting up uh, topics and issues and questions and moving um, between the guys. He's he is a pro, and I said on 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 our pod last week, um, uh, in connection with your your interview with Brian Curtis, that notwithstanding uh, the persona, um, you know, because he does a little have have a little high horse to him, but that he you know when he's he, he's a he's a very comfortable voice and a real expert um, manager, and that all came through on the broadcast. I also. Um, can't uh, get enough of the incredible split shot technology. Yeah, that, they, that was the um, home run had. of the week. Yeah, it was the home yeah, that, run of the week. It was in- incredible. Go uh, ahead. Everybody loved that. Yeah, and uh, all I mean, the stats that we came with it. It's called flight track. It, yeah, yeah, flight track. We ha- we I, I, don't, I can't live without flight track now that I've had it. I know. 
I know, and that's that's nope. and that's what Fox had promised to do. And this is the first thing I would say: they're very proud of their cups and the mics, uh, or their mics and the cups, excuse me. And those are nice and everything. <laughs> and and they did pick up some dialogue a couple times, but uh, they also sound a little video gameish to people at times. But the the flight track is the kind of thing now, and and the amount of pro tracer they use; those are two things where they've raised the bar. And uh, that's phenomenal. The I got to say. I got to say, I'm Buck. I think the biggest compliment I can pay is that I only groaned like three or four times uh, the uh, all week listening to him. Like, uh, uh, Joe, why did you say that? You didn't need to do that. The rest of the time, you really didn't notice him, and that is to me a compliment. I still got a lot of stuff on Twitter about how much people didn't like him, and and uh, he just has people who don't like him. I felt like Azinger had some great moments. I felt like he was a little bit uh, unable to talk as much as he should have. I felt Faxon talked a little too much at times and uh curtis strange struggled as i kind of expected i just don't see curtis strange as an on-course reporter he's a studio guy and i think he should have been in the studio and so but they kind of brought him in on the studio on the weekend i think they recognize yeah. that two-time open winner should not be out uh huffing and puffing telling us that somebody's 147 i want to hear a little more big picture stuff from him and so they'll use him better next year the uh but Azinger and Faxon. Here's here's the thing I wanted to say, House. It's so interesting. They clutched up on the rule situation with Dustin, and and without being rude, they made it very clear how they felt. Now, Brandel and Frank on Golf Channel really got much more emotional and tough on the USGA, and that was their job. It's a post game show, fine. Uh, but I thought Azinger and Faxon had just the right amount of skepticism letting you know kind of what they think without being without overshadowing the the proceedings and, and that was just a huge so he, the irony is this is this like this was the credibility moment for fox and yet it their credibility moment came at the expense of their partner the usga who went to them one for a whole bunch of money but two because i i've always sensed they didn't feel like nbc loved them enough that nbc when there was a controversy they covered it like news and that pissed them off for years and they got their revenge going to fox well what happens fox has its has its moment moment by by covering this properly and uh, and i think fox also got a little lucky i think they needed a a reporter down there on some of the proceedings but it it worked out they didn't end up needing that um so it's an it's a it's an odd irony and i'm sure there's some tension there between the the partners today that's fine. I, you know, it was a crucial test of Fox's uh, independence and credibility. I loved yep. the way that, um, to your point, that, that Zinger and Faxon conveyed their uh, skepticism, their indignation, and I especially appreciated Fox putting up there, uh, almost in real time, the commentary on Twitter from from the game stars. I mean, we had we had Rory, we had Jordan. Uh, Ricky chimed in. Um, there was a whole string of, of twi- tweets that Fox went ahead and put up there for folks to see. It really added to the uh, effectiveness of the broadcast, I thought, um, <laughs> yeah. to, to was, have that, that outside perspective. Yeah, that was big. And I'm sure in uh, Far Hills uh, today or tomorrow when they're meeting, they're, they're not going to be very happy about that. Uh, but had they, when you, let's think about it a different way. If they had not done that, and they had not covered this the way they covered it, they literally, there would be people saying, you have no business being in television, covering sports, you need to go away now. So it was it was a big, big test they were faced with there. And let me tell you, they got a partner there at the USGA. They've got some some great people in their, their, their television uh, uh, department, and they've got some people on that executive committee who are ruthless and clueless. And so I'm sure there's some tension there, but... They they ultimately they came through. I think they still have some some big issues on the tech side. Uh, this wasn't much of a speed round, but we do have to touch on our guest Jim Furyk's performance. House uh, two weeks ago, Jim was on, and I think it'd be. I'm actually going to go back and listen to our interview again now because I, I watched him come in yesterday, and uh, he ended up finishing second. And he, he was not at the awards ceremony, which I think a lot of people were upset by. He finished uh, two and a half hours before the leaders, and he he told us he he thought he had no chance of. I mean, he just he just said there's two guys out there, and he, they're both not going to shoot four over on the back. Well, of course, <laughs> one of them did. But uh, what an incredible did. performance! Coming off an injury, hasn't done a whole lot this year. Comes to his home state where there's a little extra pressure and uh, finishes second at, at Oakmont again. This time, he said definitely not as a, a different kind of second place than, than last time, where it was a it was a heartbreaker. 
Yeah, it was an incredible performance. He had like one bad nine-hole stretch, which was, I yep. think, the front nine on Saturday. Yep, yep. And they weren't over. even big misses. You know, they were little misses, but that led to, and that's part of the, the charm of Oakmont, little misses lead to um, bogey, double bogey so quickly. Um, but otherwise, you know, for a guy coming off injury in his position, somebody um, tweeted out, like, uh, maybe we should reconsider this vice-captain thing for Furyk. Um, he, may, he may be playing himself right into the mix. That, that, the, the round he had yesterday, including the, the, the bogey save on 18, which was pretty great bogey save, considering where he was off the tee, well, um, it yeah. was, uh, what did he end up, 66 yesterday? He, he shot sixty six. I, I was there. He made a. He made a. He did something happened. He tried to lay up, and he laid up in the bunker. And he was lucky to really make five because that bunker you could scull it into the clubhouse from there. It was it was a great shot from the bunker. His third shot, and then he you know it's just a tough green to putt. But yeah, he almost had sixty five. Yeah, and, and 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 if he'd gotten in the clubhouse at two under, uh, and if he'd gotten in at three under, man, was that a number to put up there and have people stare at? But. Uh, for sure, especially I mean, if, the birdie especially on seventeen the, was huge balls. Penalty. I loved it, and and uh, you know, yeah, wasn't that sweet irony? Birdie seventeen, right, right after the two thousand seven problem. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool, and he no, he noted that it was really, and the ovation was awesome. I was out there, and people just went nuts at that. And I think a lot of very knowledgeable fans at Oakmont. Uh, and they knew that kind of they knew those little bits going in. Great, great week by the way. I just got to say, Oakmont, cool place. Pittsburgh house, uh, some of the nicest people I've ever experienced in any city. Downtown is beautiful. Uh, just a great week. It's uh, it's it was uh, really other than that one little bit of weather, which nobody can do anything about. It was it was really a home run. Um, yeah, sh- share with me what was the best meal you had. Uh, you know, Lydia's Italian food was really good. There was a place called Meat and Potatoes. I tried to get in and could not get in. It was just so popular. I was a little bummed at that. But uh, but but Lydia's this Italian place uh, down in the Strip was was excellent. I was going to try to get to breakfast this morning at Pamela's or DeLuca's, but it just didn't happen. Uh, too much to do, and wanted to get ready for for their show. So, uh, but I can't oh, wait I to come back here. Just loved being downtown. We we had a great week here, and and uh, Oakmont was was awesome. So uh, I got to say a quick word, and and then House, I want to ask you one last question, and we'll we'll say goodbye. But uh, I got to say a quick word about Odyssey. Our uh, our friends from Callaway, our partners with Odyssey. The uh, Brandon Grace putted beautifully with the Odyssey Versa V line. Jim Furyk used the Odyssey Versa number one wide putter, white, black, and white. And, uh, you know, these white-hot RX putters house, they're new this year. They are absolutely going nuts. It was the uh, number one putter in golf, number one putter at Oakmont. These beauties combine the classic of the uh, the white-hot insert, insert feel, and uh, the players are just absolutely going nuts with this. Uh, and when you put on greens like Oakmont, you need all the little advantages you can get. So check out those uh, great putters at odysseygolf.com. It's the number one putter in golf. So, so- so, Jeff, last week we um, talked quite a bit about guys that we liked and different angles, and I went on to Twitter and put out a handful of plays. I ended up making maybe like a half dozen plays. Did you, did you get in on any action? Because you had some great no. points of view. You, 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 you had, we talked to, they put out some props for some over-under. There was a hole-in-one uh, prop. What did you do? What did you end up getting in on? You know, it was uh, one of those weeks. I'm really mad because, uh, for once, uh, everything that I kind of figured might happen sort of happened other than Jason Day just not quite uh, finishing it off there at the end. I mean, what a what a great performance. He was my pick, and I'm thinking, oh, this guy's he's making the late charge. He's Zenyatta coming from out of the clouds, and he's going to do it, and then he stumbled at the end. So, no, we tried to get a little wagering going in the press center, our usual kind of uh, fun uh, bets and different stuff to keep us uh, going, you know, on those days when it's about hour 15 and, uh, and, and the popcorn just isn't cutting it as a dinner. And I didn't. I sat out. How'd you do? Uh, I did okay. I, I played four, five, or six different things. I was on the wrong side of a make-the-cut bet. Thanks, Rory. Mm. 
Yeah. Goodness gracious, Roy McElroy. That's it. I'm, I'm out on Rory now. I, I, I well, believed him at the Masters, and I talked myself into him right at the last minute for, for the, the Open here. And, I, you know, I, I watched some of the guys as the tournament started. Everybody said, ah, Rory's in form. Rory could be doing it. I said, uh, okay, let me stick Rory in one of these little wagers. Rory changed his whole game plan on me. I, if I'd known he was going to change game plan, I would have left him off to make the cut bet. But uh, I How did about the day glow? Did you see the day glow hat he wore? Take, I mean, he did, he did the right thing. He threw it to a kid as yeah, he walked gave off. Gave it Hopefully to a kid. Never yeah. to You'll wear never, it again, right? You will never see him in that hat again. That was such a, here, kid, that was a mistake. I'm never doing that again. It was beautiful. <laughs> That's what I love about Rory. You know, you, you, you just he's, he's, a, he's actually kind of a regular guy that way. It's like he'll, he'll yeah, probably right. sit that's, there that's and roll his eyes. And, we'll never see, we'll, we're, not, we're never going to see that Mr. Cut hat again. No, no, no. <laughs> No, I, no, I did. He, uh, so I was wrong on two eighty-two and a half as the winner's final. You were correct. You went on the Twitter and told everybody, "Hey, there's rain the in the forecast. It's going to be under." It's under, and the and the, um, uh, the the other one was the low round of the week was uh, sixty-six and a half, I believe. And I I believe yeah, I advocated that, that, take that under, baby, and it got broken. Uh, what four times, I believe. Or maybe five. Yeah, there was a 65 yeah. out there, too. I mean, right, it got yeah. busted a, a number of times. I did um, hit a handful of things. I hit the no-hole-in-one, and that was one that yeah. I, I went pretty big on. Um, nice. I just thought the way the USG, I, Oakmont in particular, there's really only one par three um, that, that feels even reachable, and it kind of played that way. <laughs> Um, yes. And, and uh, you know, the, I didn't think the USGA was going to let anybody get anywhere near uh, with, with the pin positions, and so that, that worked out well. Um, I did hit Brendan Grace with a, a top 10 finish. That one turned out nicely. Nice. And, and most delightfully, uh, because it was the guy that I was rooting for, and I said on the Twitter I'd be rooting for him, I wanted to have a little vested interest, I hit uh, my man man DJ at 12 to 1. So, so glorious outcome um, with with, with, that, with all with everything the way it turned out beautiful you picked the winner that's nice that's a good price too for a guy who finished second last year and wow nice work house yeah i don't i'm gonna jinx it i know i'm gonna do this terribly but i've now had a wager on the winner in each of of the two majors so far this season i had willet at 50 to 1 which was delicious but dj at 12 to 1 not half bad Beautiful. Well, we'll uh, we'll definitely be working this hard for the Open Championship coming up. We've got uh, shows, I believe, every week coming up through the through the end of the Open. So we'll be uh, doing our wagering, and uh, there's always some fun fun prop bets over there. I'll be over there. I can't wait to uh, see. Although they they again they've been a little lazy with the prop bets. I mean, I love that hole in one bet. That's a fun one. And uh, of course, I yeah. love. I, we were bummed last week's show. We couldn't. Uh, get into stuff like that uh, winning score and low round that's that's really fun stuff to uh, to ponder and kind of and, and i think the thing that was interesting about oakmont this week and this is the last thing i'll say is it it ended up playing out kind of like you'd expect with the weather forecast and and i think it's interesting like i said at the start of the show it may not go over well with usga but i think it's interesting that to see a player Kind of take all that into consideration and adapt. Uh, and, and Dustin might not have—he might not have played any other way. But we saw him just stick to the way he plays. He—he—he he, he knew how Angel Cabrera played the course last time. Went with a game plan. It paid off. He also executed, by the way, quite beautifully. That kind of helps too. And the people around him. People like Claude Harmon gave him great uh, input, and you know Claude pretty much stayed out of the way, so he was just hitting it so good. And it's just it's just so great to see it all come together. It's fun to see that, it, in spite of what happened with USGA, it all kind of made sense. You know, the week as crazy as it was, the golf played out kind of like you'd expect with the weather, the setup, the greens, who was playing well coming in, who wasn't, who who made the right strategic calls about attacking Oakmont and. I hope ultimately it's satisfying for people on that front. Yeah, well, all, all I can say is DJ, DJ, DJ. <laughs> that's that's my takeaway. I love, I love it. Uh-huh. I couldn't get enough of it. All right. Well, thanks again to our our great friends at Callaway and Odyssey for their support. Thanks again to Athletes Collective for sponsoring today's episode. Remember, they offer great quality fitting activewear without the logos for 30 to 40% cheaper, and I think they're being a little bit modest on that. Uh, Then the big brands by going to athletescollective.com. It is really well-made stuff and ridiculously uh, uh, fair-priced. And uh, and House... 
And then and there's a promo code house. Don't forget that. I slept in the shorts last night. I love the athlete's oh, collective you... shorts. They're perfect for this warm weather. Okay, I don't need any more details than that. Um, I'm just now saying, remember they're, they're nice shorts to sleep in. And last thing, this week's podcast was brought to us by uh, the new HBO series, Any Given Wednesday House. It's finally here. Bill Simmons' big show on HBO debuts Wednesday, June 22nd at 10 p.m. on HBO. He's got field segments. He's got commentary. The promos, the ads have been everywhere. People are excited. Um, And, of course, we're also brought to you by the new website, TheRinger.com, presented by MillerLite.com. There's been some, excuse me, Miller Lite. There's been some great reading. Uh, Go now. Check out the latest in pop culture, sports, and tech at The Ringer House. Big week last week. It's going to be a great week for Bill and the folks at The Ringer. Can't wait to see it all play out. Yeah, I've seen those couple sneak peek uh, moments for Bill's show. It's going to be, I know I'm an unabashed homer. It's going to be funny as fuck. Bleep that nice. out! It's gonna be really good. Oh. It's gonna be really good. It's gonna be. It's gonna be exceed folks' expectation. And on that note, we have earned our explicit tag without question. Thanks for listening to Shack House. We will talk to you Shack next House. week. And uh, Shack House, bye. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.